Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard. And we have a great show for you this week. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed uh, Christmas and New Year's. Uh, That's when we recorded the last one. Our show is going to be a little bit different today. We're still going to talk about all the the, uh, games that the Ducks played. And the uh, first segment, we'll have the second segment where we'll go into some of the roster moves, some fan questions, some all-star news too as well about the goals and the Ducks. And then we'll finish off with uh, the league news as well. So uh, just to kind of open up this show, I know uh, everybody knows kind of my circumstance and what happened this last week. Um, Unfortunately, I went to the game in Vegas and uh, found out that my mom had passed away uh, while we were there and had to cut the trip short. Um, Obviously, you guys all saw the posts and everything on social media, so I appreciate all the support from everybody on there, from the uh, hockey world and from just friends and family in general. Um, uh, the only thing I really want to say in the beginning here, and we'll kind of talk a little bit about more of my mom throughout the show. It's kind of going to be like a tribute show for her. Uh, is basically that this everything that we've done as far as the website, um, the podcast, and everything is basically because of my mom. She uh, bought tickets. Uh, they had like a mini plan back in 93, uh, which included the first game that the Ducks played. So uh, she did that and um, went to that first game. And then, you know, the rest is history and been a Ducks fan ever since then. And uh, when we talk about the games, I'll kind of get into more of what happened during that time. But um, I just want to, you know, basically pay tribute to her because without her, uh, none of this would exist. And, um, you know, I, I probably wouldn't have met Eddie. Uh, probably wouldn't have met any of you out there that are listening, all the support you guys give me. So I appreciate it a lot. I uh, just kind of wanted to open a show with that for a little bit. Uh, I'm doing fine, um, but I uh, wanted to you know, not put down and, and hit the pause button. As I said, Eddie talked about it. Everybody deals with things differently, but I feel because of the relationship of uh, hockey and my mom and all that stuff that I wanted to keep on going. So um, I'm just glad that um, you know able to do this. I'm glad that Eddie and I are part of the show and, and able to do everything. And uh uh, thanks for all the support, I, and you know, Eddie, I thank you for the support too. I also want to wish you a happy birthday, even though the, the Ducks lost on your birthday. Oh, thank you, and I just want to say uh, I'm really sorry for your loss, and uh, I'm grateful for everything your your, your mom did too. Uh, you know, bringing you into this game and this sport, it's just one of those unfortunate things. It, it's sad, and it, it hurt me when I found out. Like, I wish I can just uh, I would was able to take your pain away. I mean you're like my brother and you're my best friend and i i owe everything i i'm accomplishing right now and all my goals and and like some days where i just don't feel like getting up out of bed like i owe it to you because i know i have to to do a job i have to you know write for ducks and pucks i have to report on something or i have to make a graphic or just be part of this show i mean be part of the game so um just want to say i'm sorry for your loss and you know wherever your mom's up there listening you know i love you and you have a great son and and your memory is going to live on through him. So I just wanted to say that. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, it, it was something I knew it was coming. Uh, for uh, get a little personal on the show, I, I, I don't that often, or, or I mean, uh, outside of the world of hockey, but this is kind of related. So, 
basically, she had an aneurysm back in 2009 and was in the hospital and, and nearly passed away then. And uh, I was all she had, really. Um, you know, she, my parents uh, are divorced and uh, my dad had already moved on and whatnot. So I took care of her for all those years. And, um, you know, a lot of great memories, especially with the Ducks. I, I remember going to all the, the playoff games, um, you know, for the 2002-2003 season when they lost, you know, to the Devils in that, that Stanley Cup. And then, of course, all the happiness of 2007 when they won, obviously. So, you know, there were highs and lows uh, with her throughout this, you know, this team and what had happened. But uh, uh, in the last couple of months, she had deteriorated and, um, you know, it, it just was her time. And, and thankfully that she went peacefully. So that was the main thing. And uh, I'll get a little bit more into what happened on our, on our road trip when we went to Vegas. So we'll break down these games. Uh, you know, the ones over here over the break. And uh, then, like I said, we'll move into our, our normal segments as well. So, you know, coming out of the Christmas break, Eddie, uh, you know, the Ducks look good. Uh, they played Vegas, and they ended up winning at home 4-3 to three in this game. They actually built a, a pretty good lead. They had a 4-1 to one advantage going into the third period. Vegas ended up um, getting a couple goals, one really late, uh, with you know 5.7 seconds left to, to make it a one goal uh, affair but this overall was a decent game for the Ducks they had never beaten Vegas at Honda Center so for them to get that lead and come out and win uh, was a good thing you know we also saw the power play getting back on track um, you know that's the one thing that's kind of been a good spot for the Ducks the last few weeks as uh, Henrique and Fowler scored uh, on the uh, extra man advantage um, you know, the shot count wasn't so great. The Ducks only had 18 in this game. But uh, the way that they played, they, they kept uh, Vegas at bay. They won the faceoff battle. They won the special teams battle. And it was good. I, I mean, you like to see this. They they had, you know, Getzloff being sick coming back from the IR. You had Silverberg that was sick. And uh, the Ducks, you know, really, uh, you know, in a tough spot before the Christmas break. So for them to come out, win this game, and, and turn in a, pr- a pretty good performance all overall, uh, I was pretty satisfied with this uh, outcome and contest, Eddie. Oh, definitely. This game was pretty good. Uh, the Ducks did something different. They weren't allowing Vegas to have any time or space. Once Vegas got that puck, you had a Ducks player already within seconds jumping on him, not forcing him to make a bad play. And then the Ducks were doing something too. I mentioned different. They were getting in areas of the where the puck was going to be at, and then the puck would go right to them. And they were just playing that that kind of hockey. They were physical, and they were just all up in their face. And they were moving that puck so well and so crisp and clean. It was just like perfect game. Like I don't know if Santa just gave us a game like that, you know, for Christmas. But it's everything was going right, and I really liked, you know, especially on the power play. Like they were moving that puck, they weren't overpassing. They were waiting for a great lane to open up, and once they found that lane, the shot was off, and it was just towards the net. Man, it paid dividends, and it was just one of those games that you love to see. Uh, another game I regret not being at, but I, I have a bad record at going at games this season, so I, I, I guess I'm kind of glad I didn't go to this game. But I, I like what I saw. I like how they were up in Vegas's face and not letting them you know have that time and and just moving that puck so well and so so great and not overly passing but once that lane opened up our uh suban the the best suban that's playing right now that the goalie when he, he when he couldn't see that puck was firing at the net and 
I saw he got upset when his helmet came off. He tried to hit Carrick and started going at it. Well, one thing I noticed too, uh, what Getzloff did, instead of just going and charging at him, he understood and knew that Subban's helmet was off. And if if you know he would have reacted, all the team would have jumped on him. He kind of just was hugging Subban and was kind of like, like, hey, bro, just relax, like, you know, just 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 let it go, and, and kind of like being a a peacemaker. And Getzloff has a temper, so that was really good to see just his class and professionalism, understanding that the goalie's mask is off, and potentially if, if there was a little scramble or right there, um, he could have got hurt, but he just chose to take a, a different route and, and kind of be the bigger man at that time and kind of just you know stop something that could have blew up. So that was good to see too. Yeah, and I mean, the Ducks were doing what we had talked about. They were creating traffic in front of the net. Like you said, they were making better passes. They were playing good, sound defense. They were taking advantage uh, on the power play. They also didn't let Vegas score when they had their power play chances. So this was the game that we talked about. Hey, this is how the Ducks need to play uh, moving forward, as we talked about in the last show. And we'll talk about it in the middle of this show because we got a fan question related to it, uh, how they're doing. But, you know, the Ducks won this one at home first time against Vegas. They were 2-7-1 and one lifetime against the Golden Knights. This is only the second time that they've beaten them since the Knights have come into the league. So, you know, an uplifting win, especially you had, like we said, the, the rough road trip. Players uh, that are sick, you're getting them back. Uh, overall, you know, a pretty good game for the Ducks. And so you thought uh, from this one that they would go in and they would play uh, the Flyers also um, at home, that the momentum would carry over and this would be a game that, you know, the Ducks would probably win or whatnot. Uh, and, and this game was kind of interesting, this Flyers one, because the Ducks did score right away. Gabranson, kind of a seeing eye shot, scored in the first 35 seconds of the game. But then there was no more goals after that, at least by the Ducks. Uh, you know, Philly got one back at the uh, before the end of the first period, and the game would you know have to go all the way um, into overtime. But the thing that was kind of surprising to me in this game, Eddie, with Philly was, I mean, that obviously the Ducks at least got a point, but uh, I, I thought there would be more animosity in this game with uh, Troy Terry getting knocked out, with Derek Grant getting knocked out, and the previous meetings with this team. Uh, you know, there were some hard checks and there were some scrums here and there, but I I was just surprised. I, I really thought this game would be a lot more physical, and it, it just seemed to be kind of uh, really mellow to me. What did you think? Yeah, I was a little upset that that Q-Ball Obey guy, you know what? If I'm pronouncing his name wrong, I really don't give a damn. He's not important enough for me to actually go and learn his name again. So screw that guy. And I, I expected that too, and I, I was disappointed that he didn't he didn't answer the bell. For what he's done, and and he took an interference call in this game too, so obviously he he didn't learn his lesson. He wasn't playing conservatively. He was just out there, you know, taking runs on people again. But hey, you, you caused two injuries for our players. One was a knee on knee, which you didn't get suspended. Good job, George Perils, <laughs> little Princeton Princeton graduate over there. I'm glad they teach you great things over there to do your job. But I, I was just pissed off that he, you know, no one dropped the gloves on him. Like, anyone, like just. That's all I wanted. Like you, you know, you heard our players. You have to answer the bell, but no. Instead, they let him walk in and almost score, and they just kind of let him play his game. And I, I don't know, like what was up with the Ducks in this game. They didn't play too bad, but they didn't play well enough. And and the physicality wasn't there. It just, I don't know if they were just just over this this year already, or just are uh, you know, a little pre before you know the the brand new year game. 
you know, before they go to Vegas and party and stuff like that. But it was just, uh, it, it, it wasn't a fun game to watch. And top it off, I, I, we lost our tournament that I played in this weekend. We won silver. So it's like, okay, cool. I go skate back to, to go check the duck score real quick. I see a loss. I'm like, oh, man, come on. I checked, you know, the penalties. Like, oh, please let this guy get his ass kicked. Like, especially injuring our players. And no, he didn't. Like, okay, whatever. Just going to chalk it up. And I guess we're 0-2 against the Flyers this season. And we have to have to wait till um, next season to get my revenge, I guess. Yeah, I mean, this game, like you said, if you are one of those fans that wants to watch scoring, this was not an exciting game for you. This was a goalie battle. This was Gibson and Elliott going at it. They both brought their A game. I really felt, though, that the Ducks could have won this game. They had a few different chances uh, to do so. They had a five-on-three uh, power play for over a minute. Uh, you know, in the third period, they could not do it. Um the other thing that came in the, up in this game, and I got mixed reactions from some of the posts that I did, was the uh, Ryan Getzloff drop pass uh, came back to haunt us in this game. And it happened twice. Uh, one time was earlier in the game. He It was like one on three or one on four. He's in the corner, and he just throws it back to nobody, which wasn't really a big deal. He was the only one in the area. You know, I, I would have liked to see him hold on to the puck and at least pin it against the boards and, and try to wait for some of the other guys to make their line change and come back over. But he ended up doing a, you know, no look behind the back pass to nobody, which like I said, that, that, that one wasn't a big deal to me. Uh, we see players do that sometimes um, in those kind of situations, but the one in overtime really killed me. Um, he made a great, fantastic move. Uh, he got in, he was on his backhand only a few feet from the net. And instead he tries to pass to Jones who's, who's being defended and it goes wide. And then, of course, you know, the Flyers come back down, uh, not right away, but they eventually come down, score a game winning goal. But I mean, that that overtime drop pass when he was right there in front of that just just killed me. I was like, what are you doing? Like you made such a great move to, to you know, ward off the other Flyer player. And, and you're there. I know you're on your backhand. It's not, not your forehand. But I mean, he had a chance to at least get off a good shot right there and and maybe win the game. So for me, those were the two moments that really frustrated me was the five on three power play when they could not convert. The Ducks were zero for four on the power play in this game. But I really felt they should have scored in that time and they could have had a two to one lead in the third and won this game. And then the overtime, Eddie, uh, just... You know, it's funny. We haven't really seen a lot of the, the, the drop pass stuff going on. We remember in the past when that seemed like what everybody was talking about on social media was the Ryan Getzloff drop pass. And uh, on this one, it just it reared its ugly head. And to me, it was at the worst time, Eddie, in that overtime. Oh, yeah. It, it was just it was terrible. You went to overtime thinking, okay, the Ducks can maybe get something out of this. Gibson was playing lights out. It, it, you know, so was Elliot, too. But it just had that feel like, okay, maybe the Ducks can, you know, get to a loose puck or, or get a deflection or, or Elliot can just make a mistake. But no, it didn't happen. Instead, you give it to, uh, you know, uh, let Kevin, uh, Kevin Hayes get a breakaway and score a goal. And, and he's like an, a way overpaid uh, player for the Flyers. Signed for $7.142 million and some change. That's for him. It's, it's kind of a big overpayment. But I guess the Flyers fans got their money's worth. On that game, and one one thing to note too, and we're gonna talk about penalty shots uh, come uh, next game. But Cam Fowler hit him kind of you know mid high, and if if Hayes would have lost his balance, that could have been a penalty. That would have been a penalty shot. That play he did, and I, I bring that up because the next game we're gonna talk about 
there was a penalty shot that probably shouldn't have been. So I'm just showing you the, the I guess the right and wrong way, starting with the right way that it should have been called but not. But this game just pissed me off, Mike. This game pisses me off more not because of the uh, the injuries of last game, but going back last season. I'm gonna mention this again. That little 10 a.m. game. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so pissed off about that. I, I still want my revenge. And I said revenge earlier. I, I, I'm meaning that revenge on the Flyers. So I really hope next season we have a, a 9 a.m. game and the Ducks just beat them seven or eight to one. I, I don't even care. Just, just, just destroy the Flyers. Yeah, that, that's the thing I was thinking about too. Is yeah, they knocked out some of our players. Eddie and I have talked about the team being physical. We're not saying the Ducks go out there and injure their players, but I would have liked to see Delorier, you know, get in a fight with someone, uh, you know, on that team or a couple harder hits being given uh, to the Flyers. I just, I don't know. I just didn't really see a lot of uh, animosity from the Ducks, at least in this game. And I, I think, like you said, going back to last game and then last season, they, there's, they definitely had, um, fuel for the fire, basically, and they just didn't really want to use it. So, kind of a frustrating game. More mellow, like I said, they had chances to win, they blew them. Um, so, the Ducks then went to Vegas to play the Golden Knights on New Year's Eve. Which I actually, after the Philly game, uh, my wife and I had the car loaded up and we drove straight to Vegas after the Philly game, and it was oh, it was yeah, awesome. Yeah. There was no traffic and. Uh, I'm not going to say I, I, uh, we necessarily obeyed all the speed laws, but we, we got there in a pretty uh, pretty good time. We actually got to Vegas before midnight after that flyer game. Um, so you can do the math on the time that it took us to get there. But uh, we got there pretty good. And no, we were not drinking and driving, which is stupid. So we we did not at the game. We were really uh, mellow, un, unlike normal. I usually have a couple you know drinks. But um, we got there real quick. Um uh, uh, my wife actually drove the whole way. It was it was that that easy. But um, we got there and got settled in, and then uh, we knew the Ducks were playing uh, Vegas uh, at noon on New Year's. So kind of we didn't really have a plan. Uh, we were just going to go to that game, and then kind of figure out what was going to happen um, after. You know, we were just going to try and find a place to go watch the fireworks or whatnot and everything. And so. I'll kind of go into this a little bit of the situation with my mom and then we'll talk about the game. But we were there and we watched the first period in person. And then um, I had been given a heads up from the doctor that helps my mom uh, at the assisted living um, and, and some of the staff that, that she wasn't feeling well that morning, which wasn't really a big deal to me because I get that call a lot that she's not feeling well. And I go over there and uh, I'll watch hockey games with her or watch, you know, movies with her and do different things. Um, so I got the phone call and we went to the game. Uh, like I said, saw the first period. And then uh, of course I got the horrible news, uh, the first period intermission and, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just a weird, weird thing because, like I said, all of this is because of her and buying those tickets and, and, and making me become a fan in the beginning. And and then, you know, she passes away while I'm at a Ducks game. I mean, just the, just the weirdness of it. So um, I wanted to stay at first and watch the rest of the game. Uh, that was kind of my first reaction. But then, of course, I was a sobbing mess, as anybody would be. And um, we ended up leaving. Uh, you know, that's that's I mean, what else would you do? I mean, that, you know what I mean? I, I couldn't sit there and, and try to even enjoy this game uh, at that point. And we basically went back to the hotel 
packed up and drove back because I wasn't going to be around a bunch of drunk partying people that night. I mean, obviously, uh, that that uh, that ship had sailed with what had happened. So, um, but ended up coming back home, and then uh, you know I found out what happened. Is you know we were listening to it uh, in the car driving home in the, a little bit, and then um, I went back and rewatched this game. So. As far as the the, the game goes, uh, in the first period, uh, the Ducks they were getting smoked in this game. Eddie it was really bad. They got outshot twenty two to five. Um, they got that first goal by Holzer, which was really good. We thought, okay, you know, we're gonna get lucky and, and get one out of this. And then, of course, after that, um, Vegas ended up getting two more goals. And at the time, I, I apologize for this too, because I know some people saw me I was really upset uh at that second goal that was scored at the end of the period because um, I was there and I watched it live and I made some posts on social media about it I I had thought the play was done because where I, we were sitting was um on the other side of the rink so basically um we were f- more facing towards the goal so it looked like to me the puck was covered and then they didn't and then of course it went in so I made that post about, well, why didn't they blow the whistle? Um, so, you know, once I went home and rewatched the whole game, then I saw obviously that the puck was loose. So so I know some of you, when I made that post, were like, oh, well, it was loose. Well, where I was sitting, I couldn't see it. And then uh, even on the replay that they showed there, it, you couldn't really tell what had happened necessarily, at least from my vantage point. So that's why I made that post in case people were like, well, you, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, well, I was sitting there. I couldn't really see it that well. So that, that kind of irritated me, but I understand what happened uh, on that play. And Eddie, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, because uh, there's a lot. Well, I guess we can talk about it now because there's a lot going on. But but what did what did you think about that play? Like, uh, you know, it, it looked like the puck was down. Uh, it was behind Gibson. Gibson laid down. It was right behind him. And then of course Manson comes along and accidentally knocks it in. But then you see his reaction and Getzoff's reaction. They're both red hot. Uh, it seemed like they thought the whistle was blown, but then apparently it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I get it. If the puck's loose. Okay, fair game. If the goalie didn't cover it, yeah, that that's fair game and, and go after it like that. My problem is what the video does not show is was the referee going to blow the whistle? Did his hand move to his mouth with the intention to blow the whistle? Because in the NHL rules, that means the play's dead. Like, that play is dead. You don't have to necessarily hear the whistle, but once his intent is to go over there and blow the whistle, that means it's done. The, the play is done. And that's what the video didn't show. That's why I didn't know. So I don't know if Manchin or Getzloff saw the referee moving his mouth and went. But you know what? On the flip side, you play into the whistle, you hear the whistle. So that was one of those things where it's, it's, it's kind of 50-50. What will piss me off a little bit more is I've seen games where uh, Ducks are playing an opponent and that whistle gets blown so quick. Like it's, it's almost like when the player shoots it from the Ducks, that whistle is blown dead. It's like, okay, what the hell? Um that was Manson's fault, regardless if he if he heard the whistle or not. Why are you gonna push the puck into your own net? And I'm trying to sit here and justify an excuse for that. Uh, I, I I don't believe anyone pushed his stick to, and made that puck cross line. I, I, it seemed like when I saw the video, he just kind of just pushed the you know he, he maybe he assumed that the play was dead. He just pushed it into the net to to show the referee the puck. You know it was covered or whatnot, but. That's just like kind of one of those rules. You don't you don't push the puck in front of your own net. 
um, just like another rule, you never you know play a pass or make a pass in front of your goalie, which Gabranson did, uh, you know, and, and Knight scored on that too. Um, I, I get how people can see one side, and we're probably like getting mad and saying or, or, or blatantly disagreeing with you, Mike. They weren't at the game; they were watching the video, and the video probably was in slow motion and saw a different angle. My big issue was I want to see the referee's intention. Like, was he going up to blow that was that play dead? Because if he was doing that, that was a dead play. Like before that whistle even blew, it was a dead play. So if he brought his hand up and then brought it down, I, I I don't know the exact rules on that, but the rule states that if you know the play is not dead when you hear the whistle, the play is dead when the intent of the whistle is about to be blown. So maybe that's something that they have to address or or, or anything else, but. I just an unfortunate play, and it's one of those things too where you think that okay, if the ref blew the whistle, and it it, it wasn't a goal, can this game have been turned around? You don't know that. I don't know that. So it just it's really frustrating to watch, and it seems like the referees is there's no really accountability for their actions, and there's no really a set standard, even though you have rules in front of you. But one one thing I would like to see is I would like to see the video. If he, you know, if the referee had his hands out the whole time, he had the the puck in his sights and wasn't attempting to blow the whistle. Okay, fine, that's a good goal. That's Manson's fault. You know, he'll, you know, he'll have to hold himself accountable for his own actions. But you don't see that in the video. You just see, you know, the aftermath and the the, the scramble in front. So if you know, for me to make my like hundred percent determination on that play, I want to see what the ref's intent was. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that rule, and I never have been. I, I don't like this whole thing of like when the ref forms the intent to blow the play dead, the play's dead. Because the thing is, is how do you really know when the ref forms the intent? It's something internal in his brain, right? I mean, that that's the, if you're going by that. I mean, if they put their hand, they put their hand up by their mouth, but then they don't. I don't know. I just think that's a super gray area. So I don't like the fact that the league does that. I think it's either you blow the whistle or you don't. I mean, that's just my take on it. That's something that bugs me is when they say, well, I was going to blow the whistle. Okay, well, I was not going to pass the puck. Or, well, I was going to. No, you you did what you did or you didn't do what you did. So I don't like that whole intent of blowing the whistle rule. I think it's it's too gray. It's too subjective. It's, it's something that I don't like um, at all. But given the way the rule is i'm with you eddie because if he formed the intent to blow the whistle when the puck was laying down behind gibson then that play should have been dead that's the way the rule's written if that was his intent then you know but either way you know and we're not we're, we're kind of picking at little rules here and there the big thing is the ducks lost this game they didn't play well um we can we're going to talk about the penalty shot though too we're going to have another little gripe session here so you got to bear with us folks and, and i know this one more of you will agree with us about the penalty shot but um like eddie said there was a lot of turnovers in this game henrique made a bad turnover good branson made a bad turnover the ducks uh, you know are allowing way too many chances for the golden knights they gave up 43 shots in this game it's ridiculous uh, you know, the Ducks did have a couple power play chances and they did not score. But uh, the Golden Knights, I mean, they were just four check at will pretty much in the first period. The second period, the Ducks did slow them down, but then gave up a late goal. And then in the third, things went bad to worse with this uh, penalty shot nonsense, which I went back and rewatched this too. And, and, and this part we've got to kind of break down because there was two different concerns on this play. I, I saw people saying, 
that it wasn't a penalty by Manson, at least in the sense of uh, that a penalty shot should have been awarded. That's part one. And then part two is whether or not Marshall Show took the puck and went backwards, which you're not allowed to do uh, in a shootout. The puck has to be uh, going forward uh, once the player touches it. So there's those two issues in there. This is my take, and then I'll let Eddie chime in. And if you guys disagree, you know, more more than uh, welcome to comment. Like we said, once we post all show and all that, I don't feel that what Manson did warranted a penalty shot. And I think Eddie brought up a good point. You look at what Fowler did in that uh, flyer game, and if he would have knocked the uh, the puck out, and and they wouldn't have had that chance to shoot there in that last uh, overtime session, then that probably. Uh, it would have been a penalty shot in that uh, Philly game. But in this situation here, Manson comes down on Marshall's stick and ends up knocking the, the, the puck away. I, I didn't, I, To me, I didn't even think it was a penalty at all. I, I thought it was a great defensive play. And, and, and obviously you saw Manson's reaction on his face when he's looking up at the screen. He's looking around at the refs like, what did I do wrong? And I'm, I'm with him. I'm like, what, what did he do wrong? I, I thought that was a great defensive play, in, in my opinion. Um, as far as Marshall show going towards the net, he does go sideways at one point. I don't think the puck did go backwards. Uh, it's, it's the way I looked at it and saw the replay. I watched it several times. Uh, I think they did get it right on the shootout. But for me, Eddie, my issue was, there, or, or excuse me, on the penalty shot, uh, my issue was there shouldn't have even been a penalty shot to begin with. Yeah, and that's why I pointed out Cam Fowler's slash uh, last game because I wanted to make this point that was the appropriate time to call a penalty shot if it you know took out Hayes from the play and him giving him a, a chance to score a goal that one I, I wouldn't have been complaining yeah it would have sucked but I would have been like all right you know what that was the right call to make Manson's call I, I think it was just kind of, it was crap uh, it just it, the refs were just blind I don't know if they're they're pissed off at the Ducks for some reason or if they were just too hungover for the game didn't care they're just making calls out of nowhere like you're you know betting on red and black but it's it was a bad play and yeah I mean I don't know if, if that play too would have made any difference because after that first period or whatever but it just wasn't a, a good one and I don't agree with that at all as far as the penalty shot itself I think it was a good goal yeah people saw him deke and he he dekes back but that puck still moving in a frontward motion, so it, it was a good goal. It was really uh, good for him to kind of wait on Gibson, and he made Gibson bite first, and it goes and it kind of exposes him and, and shoots and scores. A really good goal. It just it's unfortunate how it got set up, and there's no accountability or, or set standard for these these officials how they make their calls and. Uh, uh, the Columbus coach Tortorella made some comments about that too, which we'll get into a little later. Uh, it just—it's getting frustrating, and, and like I, I told you guys before, it's not just me watching the Ducks game. It's—I'm watching all hockey, and it just seems just like the, the, the referees and the officials. It just every year it's just getting worse and worse, and something has to change. There has to be some kind of standard, and if they get a play wrong, instead of the NHL just being like, "Oh, our bad," okay, whatever. Like to have some accountability and have some disciplinary action for you know them making these calls so they could just be on their toes instead of just you know if, if they make a a bad call if they screw up nothing's gonna happen to them yeah they'll probably get talked to lectured or a little write up or a, 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 a verbal warning that's written up which no one really cares about I like, can just have they have them take 
some responsibility for the actions because yeah i get it it's just like one game two games but that adds up and for some teams those two points mean a lot come you know playoff time and it's just it's just really frustrating and it's just i i don't know what to say other than that it's just frustrating and not just as a as a, a, a Ducks fan, but as a hockey fan in general. Yeah, the the thing that I, my issue on the penalty shot call too was, did Manson go and hit his stick, uh, preventing him to shoot? Yes, he did, but he hits his stick and then hits the puck away. So to me, that was all kind of one motion. I mean, yeah, there's he hits the stick and then he goes and deflects the puck away, but we see players do that all the time. I don't, I don't know why that would have been a penalty shot. Now, if he would have slashed his stick and say the stick would have broken, he couldn't even have gotten the shot off and Manson never touched the puck. Then I'm all for that. Or in the situation that you're talking about with the, the flyer game at the end with Fowler, if, if you slash him on the, on the hands or the stick and he's not able to get the shot off, that's not the case. He hits a stick. Yes, he does, but he still has a chance to shoot the puck. And then Manson knocks it away before he does get that shot chance. So to me, it's a good play. But like Eddie and I said, we're not saying that this changed the game. We're not sitting here crying, saying the Ducks should have won this game because they shouldn't have won this game. And obviously I was crying, but for other reasons. So the the Ducks lost this game. Uh, the only other thing I thought was interesting was towards the end, Eddie, former Duck, uh, Shea Theodore, and then Comtois get into it, into a fight. That was kind of interesting. It really wasn't much of a fight. Um, it was pretty much Comtois throwing punches and Theodore just standing there. I think Theodore threw like one or two punches. And don't get me wrong, I like Theodore, but he's not a fighter. Um, so I just thought that was kind of interesting that the the tempers flared over there. They were kind of going at it throughout the game, especially in the third period. What would you think about them kind of going at it? Because, you know, the Ducks fight club keeps on going too. <laughs> Mike, I loved it. You know that. Everyone <laughs> knows I loved it. Comtois, I, I love him standing up for his team, dropping the gloves. Theodore, you had to win. Uh, you know, you're sort of throwing your body around. Yeah, I, I know. You're, I mean, you're trying to make a name, I guess, for yourself more over there in Vegas. But it was unnecessary at that point in time. And when you do things like that, you're asking for, you know, for trouble. And, and he got it. And like I said, you know, uh, like you said, too, I love Theodore. He's cool. Like, I, I, he was a Ducks player. It sucks that we had to get rid of him. But he deserved those knuckle sandwiches, and you know, happy New Year! And here's a sandwich from from one of our players. Uh, I guess uh, what, what 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 do gangs do? Like they jump you in and they, and they jump you out. So that was your official jumping out party, Theodore. <laughs> yeah, this this game had everything in it. I mean, like we said, we had you know just crazy weird goals. You had fights. You had penalty shot. Everything. Uh, you know the Ducks didn't play well. That's a simple thing. Way too many turnovers. That's what did them in, uh, unfortunately, in this game. And so they they dropped this one, and then uh, they um, continued their short road trip. Uh, they go. go well, oh, I was gonna say, uh, do you think the Vegas flu? I'm using my money <laughs> too. Had a, had a thing with this game because it's it's close. You know, you're like hours away from a brand new New Year. You're in Vegas. I don't know if you know how much. You know their coach regulates what they do. I'm not. I'm not implying that they're they're out getting drunk and whatever. I just don't. I don't understand. But like, do you think the this Vegas flu could have had some kind of thing to do with the the, the way they played, especially in that first period? That first period was bad. Uh, I, I'm gonna just take the fifth and say no comment, Eddie. I, I I don't know. I don't know exactly when they came in. I don't know if they came in that day or the day before. Uh, like my other my better half and I did. I, I'm not really sure. 
But uh, if they did come in the night before and do some stuff, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but it's unfortunate because uh, the other part of this, you know, I'm glad you brought this up too, was, you know, Gibson really went off on this game. He, uh, He was pissed off. Uh, he was not happy with the way uh, that things went down. Um, and he had his quote in there uh, that he was talking about. Um, at the end of this game, he said, quote, it's frustrating when we go out there and we're not ready to play. It's a privilege to play in the National Hockey League, and it feels like some guys are taking it for granted. So I don't know if he's alluding to something like that, if some of the other players might have done something like that and just thought, hey, whatever. But but when I was there and I was only there for the first period, as you all know, uh, with with my mom's situation, um, the ducks looked terrible in that first period. I mean, the ice was tilted completely where we were sitting. Vegas was, you know, uh, going, you know, all towards the ducks net. I mean, 22 shots in one period. I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. You you know, you shouldn't be giving up that many shots um, in one period in, in, in any part of the game, let alone the first period. I thought the ducks were lucky to get out of it you know, down two to one. I thought it would be one to one, but then that, you know, that late call, which I had to go back and review and I got home. So I don't know if it was, I, I really hope it wasn't, but um, they did not play well in this game period, uh, unfortunately. So, but uh, yeah. It, and I, I guess those comments too seem kind of bad. Like uh, I remember uh, Jaguar calling out the avalanche uh, during their uh, atrocious season because uh, they were so focused on going to Vegas and their trip, and he he called them out like, "Hey, the, these guys don't want to play anymore. Like all they care about in the locker room is talking about Vegas, and they're not here to play a game." He got frustrated too. I, I do like Gibson saying those comments. Like yeah, some people might take it a, a, the wrong way, or like, "Oh, he shouldn't be calling out her his team," but he he's the goaltender. He he's the one that's playing the, the entire game. And then every goal that gets scored on, he's going to be blamed for it. And you know what? If, if no one's blaming him for the goals, I guarantee he's blaming himself. Every single goal that gets past him, he's blaming himself. Hell, if he's if they score an empty net goal, he's probably blaming himself. Like, hey, I should have blocked or stopped a few of the goals that scored to make my team do this. It's just goalies don't like anything going in their net, period. So for him to say that... I'm not sure what 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 went on in Vegas. Um, I, I I don't know. I wasn't there. I wish I were with the team. <laughs> they probably wouldn't have shown up the next game. I don't know. But for him to say that, obviously something happened where he's frustrated or he don't like he doesn't like any of the attitudes. And I'm glad he went and spoke up. And that just shows him, you know, kind of a, like a leadership role. Like sometimes a leader is not, is not going to tell you everything you're doing good. Sometimes a leader is going to tell you what you're doing wrong and call you out. And it's up to you as a man, as a professional hockey player, to be like, you know what? You're right. Yeah, we don't like to say it. Trust me. I've been in situations where teammates called me out, screaming and cussing at me, and I start cussing back, and it took me a while. But like, you know what, dude? No, you're right. I was acting like a bitch about that. I shouldn't have did X, Y, and Z. It's my fault. Like, I take that personal accountability, which is hard for a lot of people. So I'm really glad that he went out there and made those comments, and, and hopefully that, you know, Moving forward, if they're put in a situation, whatever happened over there, that they will fix that and they will just grow and mature as, as adults and professional hockey players. Well, and it's interesting you make those comments because then, you know, in the short road trip, they then went to Arizona and it seemed like the Ducks played better. Uh, you know, they got scored on first. But then Silverberg scored, and then Max Jones had a nice goal in this one. And the Ducks seemed to respond well uh, in this game. They played a good 40 minutes. 
uh, probably, you know, obviously they heard what Gibson said and they pulled it together. But then <laughs> the third period, they reverted back. And, and now the bad period was the third period where it was the first period in, in that Vegas game. So they um, uh, basically stood around in the beginning of the third period. They, they gave up an early goal just, you know, 26 seconds in. And then they had two score in a minute against each other. And I'm really curious what Gibson had to say after this game, Eddie. Uh, I mean, as you know, because you have you play goalie, um, you're still going to take it personal. Whether or not your team's playing defense in front of you or not, you don't want the puck to go into the net being a goaltender. I mean, that's your job, obviously. Like, duh. But um, you, you're going to be more frustrated if <clears throat> you're not getting help. And, and I think in this third period... Uh, I was really disappointed in the fact, I, not that they lost so much, they had played a, a great 40 minutes, but the lack of defensive zone coverage uh, and these goals in the third period, um, man, it was just uh, heartbreaking. You know, I, And I knew it was your birthday too, so I really, after the first two periods, I thought, oh man, they're going to get a W, they're going to get a win for you. And, and then in the third period, uh, they straight up lay an egg. I mean, I, I, I just don't understand Um what was going on because they they seem to respond and play well but only for the first two periods eddie yeah and it's it's a i guess that's an average ducks problem you know it's been for the last few seasons they won't play a full game yeah i get it gets off said it's impossible for every player to skate and, and play that complete game each and every game yeah i get that. i understand but play the game keep your feet moving don't let them get in those areas you let arizona just be in front of the net the whole time I think one of the goals that was scored, Manson sitting there looking at the player scores a goal. I'm like, dude, hit him. I don't care if you take a penalty. Let them know it's not okay to hang around in front of the net. And if they do, let them know there's going to be some consequences and some punishment. You're going to body him up and take away that time and space. Where was the Ducks play, uh, that style of play, when they first played Vegas uh, at Honda Center when they got their first win against Vegas? They did not let that team get any space at all. And, you know, with Arizona, Arizona... Uh, that third period, they made them look like a like a junior team. It seemed like Arizona was controlling everything. The Ducks were chasing. They weren't really playing position. They were out of position. It, they, they seemed frustrated, and they just took it. Like I was watching half the game, and I was like, "Okay, cool. You know, a birthday win. That'd be cool." I didn't really do anything last night. I don't really do anything on my birthday, so I just was relaxing, watching the game, and then all of a sudden, third period comes. Like, oh, come on, you got to be kidding me! And, and it's no one's fault but the Ducks. Uh, Max Jones did score, so I mean that was a that was a plus. Seeing him get in front of the net and seeing him score, but other than that, it was just frustrating to watch. And I mean, especially you know my birthday. I mean, I, it's not anything special. It's just my birthday. Like, I don't really. I'm not make a big deal about it. It's whatever to me, but. I, I did like seeing Max Jones get in front of the net. He got in front of the net a few times, and the way he skated with the puck I think the first time when he, uh, he 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 didn't score, that was like a dangerous area because you had a players that could just light him up, and his focus was on the goalie and scoring a goal. So I have to give him credit for that, and I really hope he jumps out of his shell and starts you know you know producing more like he's projected to be. Uh, he'd be a dangerous player. Look at Vancouver's. Uh, Vertanen, whatever his name is, he's a power forward too, and he wasn't panning out. But this season, he's actually playing really well. So hopefully, we can get that out of Max Jones. Yeah, and I mean this this pretty much leads into the the middle segment, uh, talking about like what's going on with this team. 
uh, you know, as far as all these losses, like we said, they, they started off that first game against Vegas and played very well and really, you know, only gave it some late goals in that. And then the rest of these games, uh, I think one of the issues that Eddie touched on is the fact that they're not playing complete games. And we saw that uh, in this game uh, against Arizona. It was the third period in the game. Uh, when they were playing in Vegas, that first period, they really got behind the eight ball there. I mean, like I said, they were lucky to be down a goal. And then uh, uh, when they were playing uh, Philly, it seemed like the second period and that one, they were having issues as, as Philly was uh, controlling the play more so in that part of the game. So different, weird, it was different periods where they had issues in, in these three losses in a row here. You know, the first, the second, and the third, different games where you remember before in seasons in the past, it was always the second period. The Ducks are playing great in the first, they're playing great in the third, but they would, you know, that those terrible second periods we always joked about. So... Here, that's that's one issue, uh, you know, not playing a complete game. I think the other issue that uh, one of the fan questions we had, they asked about the offense on this team and what's going on. We had Jonathan, he asked, you know, what do you think the problem is with our scoring? Every game we seem to have a lot of chances but can't convert. And I think part of this is what you talked about is Jones getting in front of the net and doing those things. He did a lot of that in Arizona, and that was good. And I think that's the issue is the Ducks aren't able to finish a lot this season. Um also, they're uh, not having Derek Grant, right? He was out. To me, he was a big boost, especially on the power play. The Ducks still are getting some goals on the power play, as we talked about. But he was huge, especially on the fourth line, too, going in there and mixing it up. So I, I think that's some of the issue is is not being able to get in front of the net and, and get in the opposing goalie's face to, to get those chances. But then on the on the flip side of that, there are games where you have seen them do that, but then they just don't convert. They either um, you know whiff on the chance, uh, you know make a last minute pass when they shouldn't, <laughs> you know, or, or or they just miss the mark. So I think it's kind of a combination of those things uh, with the injuries going on, um, trying to shuffle the lines a little bit, which they didn't really do these last couple games. I was kind of surprised. I thought. Maybe Dallas Akins was going to mix it up a little bit, and he really didn't. Uh, uh, he just kind of went with the same lineup for for most of this past week, which was a little strange. But um, that's my take on it, Eddie. I, I think they, you know, could have uh, maybe shooken things up a little bit more, which they didn't. They kept the same lines, um, and they're just not really able to just cash in at the right moments. Uh, that, that just seems to be the thing with this team. Yeah, they're ranked number 30, uh, 30th in NHL and goals fired 102, uh, tied with New, New Jersey that has 102, uh, just below the Red Wings at 31, they have 89, so it could be worse, so if if you're hating the Ducks right now, just be glad you, you aren't a Red Wings fan, because they're doing a hell of a lot worse, but I think another factor it is for the Ducks is, yeah, I get it, and, and this is make me sound like a hypocrite to me telling me to shoot, 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 because the Ducks had that problem before, but I think some of their shots, and, and they're tr- they're trying so hard, they're gripping their sticks a little too tight, and they're throwing shots at goalies that they have no business throwing those shots at goalies. Like, when you have a goalie squared up at you, are you taking a wrist shot from above the circles? Nine times out of ten, that goalie's going to get it. So when you may take shots like that, all you're doing is just building the goalie's confidence. So after the first period when, the you know, when you yeah you are you you're out shooting teams which I I love and and I I like that the Ducks have transitioned from from not shooting enough to shooting more like that's a big improvement I love that seeing that improvement but now it's time to to kind of fix that game and, and take some better shots and not just 
you know, shoot at, at, at those wide angles and the goalie square to you or shoot above the circle a wrist shot. If you blast a slap shot, hell, just throw a fast one. But when you're giving that goalie those many shots and he's blocking them and you're getting him warmed up and he's tracking all the shots, he gets in a rhythm and he gets going. And if, if, if any of you follow hockey for a long time, you know that teams can ride out a hot goalie and they can change the game. I mean, look at Gibson last season when the Ducks started off terrible, like there were and injuries. I mean, and Gibson was just—he just started getting hot each each game he played, each period. He just—you saw how just—you could see the fire building up, and he was just unstoppable. Hence why he made the All Star game, and hence why the you know the Ducks weren't the the, the Red Wings last season. So I just I think the Ducks need to focus more on, on yeah getting those getting more shots on it of course but making them quality shots making the goalie move laterally making him make mistakes when you get traffic in front of the net and you get that second and third whack make that goalie frustrated trust me when a goalie gets a player shooting two three four times in a row that frustrates the hell out of them and they're like okay what's going on with the team now you're throwing his mind off and he's focused on okay why the hell is the team letting them get you know four or five shots how come this guy's watching them score on me and not 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 hitting him out of the way like you have to get in those goalies heads and, and you really have to get him moving you can't just expect to throw those little nice little cutesy shots and right into his chest like you're playing tummy six or whatever the hell you're doing and expect him not to catch fire, but I think that was like probably another contributing factor on, on why the Ducks, you know, have that lack of scoring too this season. Yeah, and there's and there's some other issues too that have come up with this team lately. I mean, you know, Ricard Raquel has been out. Uh, they just put him on the IR, so that you know they didn't have him for this week, which which killed the team uh, a little bit. I mean, he had ten goals on the season. I mean, he's not killing it, but he's got ten. Also, Ryan Getzloff has cooled off. He's got ten goals, but he hasn't been producing as much as he was, you know, earlier in the season. And uh, another thing you have is you have Silverberg, who uh, was named to his first All Star game. Congrats on him! But he's leading your team with fifteen goals. I mean. I'm not saying that Silverberg isn't elite, but I mean, he's leading your team and there's not a whole lot of other people doing a whole lot. <laughs> I mean, Henrique's got 12 goals, but remember he cooled off too. So you, you have uh, Henrique and Getzloff that, you know, slowed down. Of course, Getzloff being sick didn't help. For, he was out for a few games or Kel's been out for a little bit now. He's on the IR, but he should be back soon uh, and Derek Grant as well so you have a depleted lineup as we talked about that's why we called them the Anaheim goals on the last uh, podcast show because that's that's what it was we have so many young players in the lineup it was like half of the skaters were basically from San Diego last season uh, almost uh, about so I think that's part of the problem too is um, the Ducks don't have a lot of elite talent on this this roster right um and and some of them are gone. I mean, uh, Kessler's obviously out with injuries throughout the season. We talked about Eves being gone, um, and like I said, you've got some players that are either slumping or hurt. Uh, a couple on the IR, you know, not doing as well. So you have Silverberg's your one guy leading the leading the show here. Um, the Ducks don't have a lot of big name players uh, on this team uh, at at the moment that are those kind of guys. They're not the t- Taylor Hall type players, right? And, and we already knew that the Ducks weren't going to get him. So, and we'll talk about this more in other shows, but we'll talk about the trade deadline. We may just do one for it specifically and how the Ducks probably going to have to be sellers. We're also going to have to talk about the uh, expansion draft and how that's going to affect things. But there's there's not a like a number one all-star player on this team uh, 
uh, you know, outside of Silverberg, obviously he got named to that. But I mean, he he's the one leading your team, and that that's it. I mean, it's like, wait a sec, there, there's just not a whole depth of elite talent on this team, or people are struggling and hurt and whatnot. So it's kind of a combination of things. I think that's that's part of it. That's missing for this team and it's unfortunate because given you know what the ducks do with the salary cap and the trade deadline bob murray doesn't usually make big moves expansion drafts on the horizon i won't go into too much depth on this but eddie i mean you just don't have a lot of uh, a lot of elite depth offensively on this team no not at all you have to have some some kind of elite players uh to actually go and compete, I think the only one we have is uh, John Gibson. I think uh, Silverberg is getting there. He's not quite elite, but he's not th- those big name players that are, are going to put up those numbers and carry a team on their back. He's not. He's not the Taylor Hall. He's not the Sidney Crosby, uh, Nathan McKinnon, even Miko Ranton, a kind of player. Um, you even have uh, you know you have one elite player for the LA Kings. Arguably, uh, Drew Doughty is probably their only elite player. And look at them too. You have to have a combination of these players, and you have to build them up from drafts. Uh, do we have uh, uh, some elite players that, that that can reach that level that are playing right now that are still rookies or are in the pipeline that are prospects that can come up and do that? Sure, we do. We we, we definitely do, and we have no idea how they're going to pan out. I like how. He's throwing in all these youth players and, and you're putting like, throwing them in the fire. Like, look, you're gonna play in the National Hockey League, the, the fastest game in the world, the best league in the world, and, and you're gonna learn the game from here on out. You're gonna learn our, our brand new system. And, and oh, actually, no, <laughs> I mean, learn the system because they had the system in San Diego. A lot of them. Uh, I, I think in two or three years, is this team's gonna be ready to compete for a cup? They're gonna have those young players that can step up and be those Getzlaffs and Perrys back in their rookie days that can just ev- keep evolving and be those superstar players that we desperately need. And then once we have you know those teams set, uh, Murray or whoever's the GM, if we don't have Murray, can actually go out and and have players that want to come to Anaheim and play for a team like that. I mean, right now we just don't have that, and we, we don't know who's gonna pan out and who's not. Yeah, we we don't know if Sam Still is gonna be. You know, he can just start evolving better, and he can start playing well, and he can just develop great and be our our number one superstar and superstar of the league. You should never know. So it's just it's one of those waiting games. I know a lot of fans are frustrated. We hear the comments, we see them. Um, we appreciate uh, those that don't consistently bash a team, but sit there and, and try to uh, you know kind of like give your opinion and, and offer you know uh, kind of a, a chat back and forth about the team and what's going to go on. But like right now, we just don't know. It's kind of a waiting game and. I mean, we just have to hope for the best. Uh, Silverberg made the All Star our team, and he, he deserves it. I know every, you know, every player from every team gets selected, but I think if that wasn't uh, weren't the case, I think Silverberg still deserves that honor. He's been playing some great hockey, and, and he's been pretty much like one of the lights for the Ducks this season. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he deserves it too. Uh, I've had some people ask me and question me about it, and you know, they're like, yeah, well, he's got, you know, 15 goals and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, he doesn't have 20 or 30 goals, but I mean, he's been playing really good uh, for this team. He's been consistent. He, you know, he's got 28 points in 40 games, um, and he's got uh, six power play points, and he's got a couple shorthanded goals as well, and you know, he's all around playing good in general. Um so I, I, 
Yeah, and then you got to add that in there as well. Yeah, he's still playing his good defensive game even without uh, having you know Ryan Kessler center his line, which he was so used to having for the last couple seasons. So I, I'm totally fine with that. It sounds good to me uh, with him making it. There's also a chance that Ryan Getzloff can get in there too. They have the uh, the last man in or last men in vote. Um, if you want to vote for him or other, there's other options for the other divisions as well. You can go to NHL.com slash all-star dash uh, I'm, uh, excuse me slash all dash star dash ballot and you can go on there and look it up or you can just google uh, last man in vote NHL all-star game you'll find it so you can vote for him I, I don't think he'll get in just knowing the way you know he's his name is not Sidney Crosby so he's not gonna get, you know he's not uh you know one of those type uh, big name players I mean he is in our team but you know it's around the league I, I don't know if he'll get in I'm gonna try and vote as many times as I can every day and punch the damn ticket as much as I can but I, I don't think he'll make it um also for the goals they had a couple uh, players make it as well to the AHL uh, Stolars and Weidman are in there as well a uh, little disappointed you know Weidman got called up I uh, thought maybe he would play in this game against Arizona, and he didn't. So that was a little frustrating um, as well. But uh, he's definitely been playing well down there, and I, I think that he should get a chance uh, with the Ducks more so this season. And another player, if you've been following him, he's been taking the expressway from San Diego to Orange County has been uh, Daniel Sprong. Uh, I know I got a lot of fan questions about him. People are wondering why he keeps going up and down, and then there's no waivers and, and, and all this nonsense. I'll try to explain as best I can real quickly here and not, not bore you to death. But uh, he was called up, if you remember, to play in that game against the New York Rangers, and the Ducks didn't have uh, enough players to field a team. If you remember in that game, Holzer had to play on offense, which we all know how scary that was. But um, he had to come up as an emergency recall, basically, and get sent back down. Uh, that's the way the rules are. I posted the rules on Facebook um, so if anybody has questions about that, you can message me. I can send it to you. But but basically, because the Ducks could not fill the team, they called him up and sent him back down. The emergency uh, recall is a good thing because he doesn't have to go through waivers. He just comes up and goes back down. No problem. So then he came up again, obviously, and then had to go back down again as they, they announced that him, Weidman, and, and Carrick were sent down. So some people are again like, well, now it's not the emergency thing. Why is he going down? Well, the way it works is when the player clears waivers uh the first time uh through the season then there's a 10 game 30 day rule so basically a player can uh, play up to uh 10 games or 30 days with a team throughout the season and not have to clear waivers again so once you hit that 10th game or that 30th day then you you have to go through waivers again and he hasn't gone through that yet he hasn't played so basically you want to try to only play nine games or, or spend 29 days with the club throughout that period so he, he's in that exemption window right now still and the emergency recall helps out because it that has its own separate 10 game 30 day thing so that doesn't affect uh where he's at now it doesn't count as time towards that. It's a whole separate thing i know it's all complicated the cba is a great thing if you ever want to read it when you're bored um you know bust out a cup of coffee because it's a sleeper but that that, that that's how it works and, and i know i've explained it on the show before and it's very very complicated but just understand that he has a window where he can go back down and he's still in that window so that's that's why they're able to do that um it's just a weird rule that they have in the nhl but that's pretty much all the stuff on the Ducks and what's going on with them. Um, you know, kind of our discussions, some fan questions and whatnot. We kind of covered everything. The uh, the last segment is we'll talk about uh, the uh, 
league news, which also brings up Corey Perry in there as well. So I'll let Eddie break it down. I'll, I'll chime in, but we've got plenty of league news to cover here in our third and last segment. Oh, definitely. Thank you. Uh, just before I get into the league news, Mike, I want to tell you uh, I'm playing hockey this weekend, and the first goal I score is going to be de- I dedicate it to your mother. And when I score that goal, I'm going to kiss my hand and point up to the sky in her memory. So I just want to let you know that uh, that even though I didn't know her and I, I wish I got to meet her, uh, she's still in my, my thoughts, my prayers, and she's still in my heart. And I want to do that just out of kindness. And because I, I, you know, just, I just, I just want to let her know wherever she's watching that, you know, the, the influence that you ha- you have on me, and and just all the inspiration that you give me, and and you just kind of help me out through a lot of things. So I just want to, you know, wherever she's listening to, thank her for that. I, I really can't wait to score that goal and just kind of point to her and and tell her thank you for for raising such a great man. No, I appreciate it. I mean, uh, you know, a lot, some people were surprised, uh, you know, once everything went down, they were, they were like you're still doing a podcast, you're still doing your articles and stuff and I said, "Yeah, I I, I go everybody deals with things differently." And for me, this is the best way for me to do it is to continue doing the show, continue doing the articles, continue posting stuff. Yeah, the the night of New Year's was not a good night for me. I'm sure a lot of you out there had a fun time. And I'm glad if you did. Uh, for me, it was obviously one of the worst nights or is the worst night uh, uh, I've had so far. But uh, for me, because of the connection and all the stuff doing that with her, I know she would want me to continue to go on and whatnot. So that's why I did this. Um, no, none of you out there really gave me a hard time. Just some people were just, they were just, um, I don't know. They were just kind of surprised. They were like, wow, you know, you're still pushing forward. And, and I hope that, you know, I can kind of serve as maybe um, a model for anyone else out there that when you're dealing with something that, you know, you push forward, uh, you, you may need some time off. Like I'm, taking some time off for my real job i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie i gotta have some some time and everything but for me this is my therapy is doing the articles and the show and still covering all this stuff especially because uh you know she she was a big big ducks fan you know her favorite player was Gia bear back in the mighty duck days and then um she liked tamu solani uh and in that phase and then uh after that after he retired she really didn't have a favorite player but um, I appreciate it, Eddie. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate all the thoughts from everybody. I, I'm fine. I mean, you know, I, I've dealing with it, uh, you know, day by day. I'm not I'm not 100 percent, obviously, because it's only been a few days, but uh, I got to push forward. Um, it's going to help me uh, heal faster. And I appreciate you doing that. So um, let's get with the league news and let's break it down, my man. Well, one last thing. Uh, hey, you're my brother in this life and the next. So let's get to the league news now. Um, World Juniors, we had, a, I guess, a controversy or a scandal. The Team uh, team Russia was upset that Team Canada's captain, Barrett Hayton, he didn't remove his helmet during the, during the anthem. And they felt really offended by that. Uh, the captain and three of the other Russian players didn't even shake his hand. The captain actually pointed to his helmet and said, like, okay, what's going on? Uh, with this, he, he's a young kid. He made a mistake. I think he was so focused on, on what happened in the game. He didn't even think about taking his helmet off. Uh, he came out and apologized for it and took responsibility for it. Uh, unfortunately, it's one of those things where it, 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 he'll be infamous for it. Uh, I, I don't think it was malicious. I don't think any of these players mean to do that and disrespect anyone else's country, especially when they, you know, they're all competitors and, and they all do the same thing, training and moving up and getting to where they are 
No, it's one of those things where you just kind of have to, okay, he had a, you know, a brain fart, and he moved from there. Um, as far as the other Will Jr.'s news, we had the Ducks' first-round pick, Trevor Zegras. He had nine assists in the tournament. That ranked him tied for fourth overall. Just behind Doug Waite with 14, Derek Stefan with 10, and Phil Kessel with 10. Uh, that's some good company to be in. It, it, he's also... a uh, I think Mike Madonna he was tied with in that in 1989 with nine and a few other players um, and I don't know if you guys watched it I would go back and watch it that kid's passes were freaking insane yeah people Ducks fans we don't watch that one that passes no you watch that one that passes like this <laughs> it was just so amazing some of the passes he's making Mike I don't know oh yeah Mike you saw oh, yeah. those. what you think about those they were just insane. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I watched as many of those uh, games I could. I think I caught three out of four. I can't remember. But, yeah, I watched uh, just the way he was playing. Some of those passes were amazing. You know, it's it's unfortunate that they got eliminated by Finland. Uh, you know, one nothing and got knocked out. So, uh, definitely, we got to keep our eye on him um, and see how he progresses. You know, like we talked about, trying to, to, to help this team. We, you know, we're going to have to probably develop within, and he's definitely one to watch. Uh, down the road you know the other thing that was good though is that the women's um, under 18 team did win gold uh, they beat it uh, Canada uh, two to one in overtime so even though the USA team did get knocked out in the world juniors we did have the women's under 18 team win uh, gold so that was one good thing uh, from this last week though at least Eddie is uh, you know them pulling it out and against Canada you know anytime U.S. can beat Canada uh, you know that's the big rivalry uh, so that was a good thing too oh exactly I saw a few comments of some people uh, knocking women's hockey like if you're one of those people uh, you have some issues it's like hockey's hockey and you can't respect how hard these women train and what they go through and yeah and you saw that you know you know some people think below hell no they're hockey players and they work their asses off way more than you so if you're gonna sit there on twitter and start judging these women because you know they're women hockey players and you're a piece of shit and you probably should just jump on a different sport maybe badminton might be your <laughs> sport just uh, be careful of the shuttlecock hitting you in the face <laughs> Let's move on from that. <laughs> Shuttlecock's actually a little thing that they hit back and forth, <laughs> a.k.a. it's also called the birdie. I played bad a bit back <laughs> before. Well, it's a different, this is a different podcast. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Kovalchuk news. He couldn't accept the deal for the KHL. Apparently, he had a, a multi-million dollar deal, but he decided to sign with the Montreal Canadiens, uh, a league minimum deal, and then uh, a two-way contract. He gets sent down to the AHL. He'll make 70000 700000 at the NHL level. I think this is a good thing for the Montreal Canadiens. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, uh, but this is kind of those things where you kind of invest your money to make something back. They signed someone for free at the league minimum. Um, I'm pretty sure they're going to try to kind of advertise him, put him on the power play, uh, try to get his game back. Come trade deadline, hey, they can probably get something for him, but it, it, it's not a bad investment for a guy like this. And um, you know, it's, I think it's going to work out for both of them. Kovalchuk gets to display his, his stuff and gets to play. Montreal gets to advertise and have other teams window shop on their player. Come to trade deadline, they know teams are going to overpay for some depth uh, down in the middle. 
are, are, are down in the bottom six. So I think this is going to be a win-win for everyone. He's going to be eventually, in my opinion, be traded to a contending team. And then the Canadians are going to get some, you know, something back uh, for that. Um, move on to Buffalo. Buffalo made a trade for, they sent uh, Marco Scandello, the defenseman, to the Montreal Canadiens for a fourth-round pick. And they traded that fourth-round pick to the Calgary Flames in exchange for Michael Furleek. Uh Also, Evan Rodriguez has requested a trade out of Buffalo. So that's a third player, Ristolainen. Bogosian. I don't know what's going on in Buffalo or what they're doing, and everyone's requesting a trade, but I don't know if the GM and the coach, Jack Eichel, is making life difficult, but that's just kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Obviously, it has something to do with them. Um, let's move on to the New Jersey Devils. Apparently, it's been reported by a few other outlets, including uh, NHL the Trade Rumors, about P.K. Subban has requested a trade. Uh, I guess apparently he doesn't want to be part of the rebuild in New Jersey. Uh, this is unfortunate, Mike. And I love P.K. for everything he does for the community. The, the, the millions of dollars he spent on the Children's Hospital in Montreal. And Nashville, how he brought the inner city youth and cops together in suites. And have them kind of mingle and show each other the, that same respect. But I think he's more of a player that plays for his name on the back of the jersey than the logo on the front. Um, look at Christmas Day. Him and his, wa- his wife or proposed to him, even though he proposed to her first. They made national news headlines. Um, I-, I love the guy, everything he's done. I just think he's not a team player. And I, I think he really needs to check himself and-, and see what's going on. Like It's unfortunate a player of his caliber and all the-, the charities that he's done just to play that selfishly and, and just want those headlines and it seems like he wants too much attention for himself like bro th- this is hockey and a- any sport you play or anything you're part of whatever logo or crest you have on your chest that should be the most important thing in your life and not you know y- your name or getting youtube hits or trying to get your name in the paper which you obviously done i don't know if you want to chime in on that yeah Mike. i mean it's just weird these situations I, I don't know what's really going on in buffalo first off i i don't know why they're doing all this stuff and and players are wanting out i, I don't really get that um there must be something going on that more so that we don't know about um as far as the suban thing i i think you hit the nail on the head there i, I think he is a really great player but i think you're right i, I think his ego's kind of gotten to him a little bit um you know maybe new jersey's not performing obviously as well as he expected the team to be doing so maybe he's looking to you know hey they traded taylor hall you know why don't you unload me too i mean i, I don't know um because you know they're just not doing as well i think that maybe that's part of the issue too and and yeah he seems to be kind of concerned more with his fandom a little bit more than the team so kind of unfortunate i you know i i'm really curious to see what happens and see if he gets moved at the trade deadline um you know we're talking about trades too i forgot to mention in the second segment the ducks did make a trade this past uh week and a half or so it was a minor one nothing it was more of a you know minor league stuff but uh they did send uh, Patrick Seeloff to uh, Tampa Bay, and they brought back Chris Mueller, as you know, that played on the uh, goals back in uh, the 2015 and 16 season. So they brought him back and added some more depth, uh, you know, for the offense uh, down in San Diego. So talking about that offensive question earlier in the uh, the show, there's that. It's just a minor league deal, nothing big. But I wanted to make sure to mention that because I uh, had forgotten that during that segment. But 
Yeah, I, I want to keep an eye on what's going to happen in New Jersey for sure come the trade deadline, Eddie. Definitely. And, yeah, just to, just to, to mention to you, uh, uh, Chris Mueller actually has 23 points uh, in 31 games, 11 goals, 12 assists. So he makes him the number one point scorer for the goals, even though he didn't earn all those points for the goals, only behind uh, 19 points, uh, Chris Weidman and Daniel Sprong. So moving on, but other league news, let's go to Carolina. Unfortunately, Eric Hollis' unborn daughter passed away. He posted on his Instagram with RIP on his hockey sticks and the date. Uh, my condolences to him and his and his significant other. Uh, it's really unfortunate for him, and, and he has my thoughts and definitely my prayers uh, going his way. He did score a goal the first game after that incident, and he did the whole. You know, he kissed his hand, pointed to the sky. So hopefully that that helped him heal a little bit. Um, Justin Williams too uh, is expected to re-sign with the team, so which everyone expected. He wanted to take some time off. Um, you guys don't remember when Niedermeyer did that too. So it's just one of those things when older players they just need that that little bit more extra break. So yeah, uh, moving on. Let's go to the Spit and Chicklets podcast. I wanted to talk about Brian Burke was on it. He talked about Corey Perry and Ryan Getzloff as to why he sent them down. When he had Sergei Fedorov, uh, he said that Fed, uh, Fedorov wasn't in the same page as what they were trying to do, and he was more concerned about other things other than getting wins. He didn't say that he was talking crap about Fedorov at all. He, he had nothing but good things to say about that, but he said that he wasn't the leader, apparently, what they needed, and he didn't want to have Getzloff and Perry now, kind of being in that situation and learning from that voice. So when he brought them back up it, 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 after the trade with Fedorov, it was different because you had leaders like Slani and Niedermeyer where they can actually build up and kind of set them for success and, and kind of the B, you know, gets off, especially the leader he is today because he had some great learning. Uh, Mike, do you want to add to that? Yeah, I just thought that was interesting. I hadn't heard that before, um, but... I think it is important, you know, especially with the the team now trying to pick, you know, who's going to replace uh, Gatsop down the road, right? I mean, that's something the Ducks have to, they're going to have to look at, right? You know, Corey Perry's gone. Of course, Tamu Solani's retired. We don't know if Ryan Kessler is going to be able to come back next season. So those comments, it's interesting that, that that's how Fedorov was, and it's unfortunate uh, that that was the situation back then. But I, I think it did not affect Getzloff at all. Um, with Perry, I don't really know. Uh, and unfortunately, Perry uh, came back in the news this week. Um, you know, after I, I came home from the Vegas uh, game on New Year's and obviously didn't do anything, um, I still watched the, uh, the Winter Classic. And, oh, God, Eddie, I just got frustrated with Perry. <laughs> you know, he, he made that play and, and he did that hit to the head and he ended up getting uh, suspended for five games, they announced. But, um, ah, man, just frustrating. So, it, it, I don't know. That part kind of ties in a little bit to the leadership thing. I, I don't know if he's necessarily a leader, uh, you know. And, I mean, I don't think Fedorov had any impact on him. But what happened in that game at the Winter Classic was just uh, its kind of unfortunate. I, I don't think there was intent behind it, but, you know, he made the head contact. He did extend the arm, and he got knocked out. And I know you want to weigh in on that, too, because I got a lot of comments from people this last week, you know, for and against Perry. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, uh, I know I'm, I'm probably not going to hit the popularity button here, but I never thought of Perry as an actual leader. I think when he was giving that A, it was – 
more of his play style, not his ability to lead. I, I don't know what goes on in the locker room. Maybe it's different. I don't see that part. It's just some of the antics that he's done throughout his career. I, I never thought that he should have had that A. Regardless, um, he played 38 seconds in the Winter Classic. It's I think it's one of the best traditions in hockey so far to play in the Winter Classic. And if it was Perry's first offense, I'd be like, okay, I get it. You know, he didn't mean to, but I mean, Perry has a long history of this. And, and unfortunately, yeah, I think the worst part about it, minus the five game suspension that he has gotten, is he had that walk of shame. <laughs> <laughs> and that turned out everyone making things about it. But I mean, Perry, you're a veteran in the league and, and you know the do's and don'ts. And I, I don't know, 38 seconds into the game and, and you. You know, come on, throw an elbow like that. The league made the right call. The rest made the right call. It's unfortunate. I wanted to see Perry stay in that game, uh, especially being a former Duck. And even if I wasn't his biggest fan, I you know, I still like appreciate it and like everything he's done for the Ducks. So it was bad to see him get kicked out just that 38 seconds in the game. He's suspended for five games. Therefore, he's not going to be at Honda Center next week. So if you want to see Perry skate again at Honda Center against the Ducks, it's going to be April 1st. And that's an April Fool's joke. April 1st, 2020. And hopefully he learns his lesson and he just plays hockey. He's a great player. He has a great shot. And he still has a few more years and some gas in the tank. Uh, speaking of Dallas, too, I want to touch bases on the former Dallas coach, Jim Montgomery. Montgomery, sorry. Uh, he's checked into an alcohol facility for treatment. Mike, you were right. It was an alcohol-related incident. I initially thought it was fraternization, but uh, he has some alcohol issues that he needs to deal with. And, you know, I, I, I respect him for, you know, self-initiating that and seeking the help. And he has support from his family. Uh any abuse, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, nicotine abuse, it, it's a hard cycle to break. Uh, I, I was in there in Colorado right after the military where I was just kind of lost and the thing I was turning into alcohol and it took it took some some a lot of time and support to actually rewire my brain to, to not abuse it. Uh, recently too, I, I took a, a 28 days of not drinking just because I wanted to just prove to myself that you know, alcohol is not influencing my decision and I can actually live life without being able to drink. I didn't need it to, to function. So I, I wish him all the best. Um, I'm going to move forward to, unless you have something to say. No, Mike, we can wrap it up with the Dallas. last part. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I have a, a few more things for league news. So I'll wrap it up pretty quickly. Uh, with next year's winter classic is going to be, uh, uh, Minnesota wild are going to host it at target field. Uh, their opponents are to be announced, but, uh, the Blues, Hawks, Jets, and Avs are in the mix. I wouldn't be surprised if the Hawks aren't going to play because, God forbid, you go a few years without the Hawks being in an outdoor game. Um, we're going to move forward to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Torch, uh, Coach Tortorella was been, has been fined $20,000 for his comments against the game against the Blackhawks. There was some controversy with the whistle blew uh, you know, in overtime, and the refs let the, the clock go down. They didn't put time back on. The Blue Jackets ended up scoring a goal, but it was called off because the time expired. And if that time would have been on, it would have been a goal. They would have won. They go to a shootout. They lose their goalie from injuring the shootout. And Tortorella just kind of said it was a series of events that led up to that one bad call. He made some comments to the referees. He got fined 20000 if he says anything, you know, uh, anymore. He was on probation till December 29th. If he said anything about it, he'd get fined another 25000 So that's unfortunate for him. 
And to kind of end this league news with some, I guess, funny news, like you know, something a little more upbeat. Uh, Jordan Bennington of the St. Louis Blues called out Justin Bieber to participate in a shootout, telling Justin Bieber if he'll give him ten shootout uh, breakaway attempts in shootout style to score a goal on him. If he does, and he'll dye his hair platinum blonde. <laughs> The, the 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 recording artist uh, Justin Bieber came back to him saying, "Hey, how about if I score on you? It's ten thousand dollars to a charity of my choice." Budweiser came in and offered to double that bet. So let's look forward to uh, Justin Bieber versus uh, Jordan Bennington, and in Jordan Bennington's case, him uh, never say never or whatever the the song is, or baby baby. <laughs> but regardless, it's it's really good exposure for the league. It's it's funny that Justin Bieber's uh, being a good sport about it, and it, it, if something happens where, where they do go and do this charity event, it's going to bring a lot more money to charities, and that's all that matters. And people hate on Justin Bieber all he wants. He's a talented artist. Uh, he, he hasn't really been in you know really bad trouble. So him reaching out to the league and kind of bringing more exposure to the league, just joking around, it, it's fun. And I look forward to seeing this shootout. But go Jordan Bennington. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I, if that happens, I'm gonna laugh. That's funny because you know everybody makes fun of Bieber because he wears different jerseys, right? You know he was, they've seen him wearing different ones, and then there's also been the jokes of well uh, Canada, you can keep him. No, the U.S. he's yours. You know <laughs> all this stuff. So oh, we're gonna have like well, just, 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 oh, one day, hopefully, uh, that'll be fun. John Gibson and Nett, a little one-on-one with Drake and Bieber at Honda Center. Oh, God. It's just too funny. But you're right. Whether or not you like him or you hate him, whatever, uh, the, the bottom line is if it, if it goes down, they're going to be raising money for charity. So that that's a that's a huge win, you know, in, in general. So um, went a little long on this show, but we we've kind of figured that I had some things to talk about, obviously, uh, with the stuff going on in my, my personal situation. So I kind of opened up a little bit more on the show than I normally do. And I just want to tell everybody out there that I appreciate all the support that I've gotten in the last uh, two, three days. Um, don't think it goes unnoticed. Um, you know, some of the people that comment on my personal Facebook, I, I pretty much liked every single comment that someone sent in there. So if you sent one, I wanted to make sure I acknowledged it. And, 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 and you know, I just really appreciate it. Um, you know, moving forward, it's, it's a new year. We'll see what happens with the Ducks the rest of the season. Obviously, Eddie and I will keep on covering it. And uh, just want to let you know that we appreciate all the support we get out there in general. Uh, we know that you don't always agree uh, necessarily with something that Eddie says or something that I say. He and I don't necessarily agree. We, we do most of the time, but sometimes we don't. And so we appreciate that. You know, that's what makes Ducks and Pucks what it is. We use our platform to have you guys weigh in because this is the sport that you guys love. And, and this is a show for you guys as well. You know, you can a- ask your questions. I get a lot of them offline, um, but you know we'll answer them on here. We do a lot of those poll questions where you guys weigh in, which is very uh, entertaining to see, you know. And I just uh, I appreciate all the different uh, opinions and input you guys do. And just if you're ever gonna, you know, have a disagreement with one of us, I, I'm all for it. Just be civil. That's the only thing I really ask. Other than that, I get it. You know, I'm not always right, and Eddie's not always right. So um, I appreciate the support. Um, Eddie, if you had any final comments before we wrap this up, I'll turn it over to you. Oh, yeah, definitely. Thank you for saying that, Mike. Yeah, uh, Mike and I don't always agree. Uh, we always talk offline for about an hour, an hour and a half, uh, just to prepare for the show, to just get us ready. And there's some things that he might uh, not agree with or a play that he, he thinks is different, that I think is different, which is okay. That's everyone's right. 
Uh, if you guys ever need want, want, like, want to talk to me about something I talked about, something I said, just sh shoot me a DM. Like uh, the few people that have talked to me, uh, and one guy, I, I totally forgot your name. I, di I didn't go check it right now. My DM, but you wrote me saying thank you, like you know that, that I always respond and talk to you and explain things, and I appreciate that. And my whole focus on is not trying to get into to anything or, or, or focus on any, any one person. I, I try to just focus on the ducks and working on ducks and pucks and trying to make everything better for the fans and everyone that listens to us because you guys have a choice to listen to whatever you want, your favorite music, uh, watch your favorite sitcom, but you know, you taking the time to listen to the podcast, to go and comment, like, retweet our stuff, that that, I, that value that is so much value to me, and I really appreciate that. So I feel like I have a personal responsibility to just focus and give it my all um, to provide that feedback, provide that coverage. And, and the, the one day I wake up and I don't feel like giving it 110% is a day I'm not going to be part of this anymore because that's not fair to everyone else. That's part of it. It's not fair to Mike or the rest of the Ducks and T Pucks team. So I just want, I want to thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart. And it's 2020. Let's have a great year and let's just hopefully get some wins. And if not, just have some fun and talk some hockey. Absolutely. That's the key is talking hockey and having fun regardless how the Ducks are doing. So we'll be back. We'll, we'll try to get you know more on our regular schedule, but we'll see how it goes with the way the games plan out. And let's go Ducks.